You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm joined this week by Greg. Hello, Greg. Uh, evening, Craig. All right, it's just the two of us tonight. <sighs> just the two of us, a cosy, intimate podcast tonight. I've lit some candles. <laughs> glass of wine here for you. Are you rosy? I'm, li- I'm lying in the bath. <laughs> bubble bath. My headphones on. Big bubble bath. That's it. Scented candles. Beautiful. I <laughs> Chris put in a request for annual leave, hmm. and uh, so I granted that. To him. I still had some days left for the the year. The, the the new allocation comes in at the end of this year. I carried some over for last season that we've we've let him take. That's it. I. Although I did see that he's still on Skype at the moment. I should have phoned him up to, to see what he's got to say about things. Oh, perhaps there's a, there's a rival podcast that I've come in and um, managed to tempt him away from the from the listeners. And if that's the case, oh man, you might just have burnt one or two bridges there. Oh, I hope not. I hope he's not a sellout. <laughs> Been tempted by the pound. You get a big, bu- a big bucks offer somewhere else. Like uh, more than zero, so he's he's jumped ship. But no, I'm I'm sure he'll be. Uh, I'm sure he'll listen to this next week, and I'll put him right, right back in the mid for getting involved again. I'm sure we'll be back on pretty soon. I will wait until he hears your roundup of all the, the results <laughs> the weekend. There. It's going to be a brief one. Thank goodness there was only one game. One game a note. Oh, see that's that's the problem, Greg. Chris isn't here, so now what we're going to do when we're doing our wee roundup? Because we all know that I'm rubbish at it. It's going to be a bit, um, it's certainly going to be briefer than it normally is because uh, it's generally got quite a lot of content, information, score lines, <laughs> and accuracy in there tonight. Could well just be, uh, I see uh, Race Rovers won, I think it was, was it 3 nothing? Was it 2 nothing? I'm not sure. Were they even playing? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> that, was a, that was a big game of the weekend, but apart from that, blimey, we could be. We could be up the creek without the paddle tonight, so we'll see. It could be a brief one. Right, well, what we'll do, right, is we'll fire straight into that Wraith game. Because it was oh, live on the telly box. It was. Uh, you know what kind Alba. of guy I am. I take my, my role as podcast host quite seriously. I'm right in the Scottish football. I've got Scottish football forums. And I just love Scottish football. I love football. And I didn't even know the game was on the telly until it was too late. <sighs> it wasn't it. It wasn't really. I don't think it was advertised that well because I only I only got wind of it through. I think it was something on Twitter, perhaps that came through indicating that it was a uh, it was on later on that day because Alba didn't really do much a job of of promoting it. So it's no surprising that it sort of slipped under the radar. But it's it's a shame because it wasn't a bad game. Uh, it's something I don't really watch is BBC Alba, so I wouldn't really catch their wee mid program adverts or. Uh, I don't know whether see I don't know whether BBC Scotland actually promote any of the Alba stuff or whether whether you know because it's a different essentially a different channel whether they don't they don't do that type of thing but I would have thought uh, I would have thought they've been trying to give it a wee bit of, a wee bit of a spotlight. That's but a big game for them. That, I mean, all, all joking aside with the um, with the fact that Rangers are in that competition this year, and okay, you've got to fancy them probably probably get past Stenhouse Muir and get to the final then. I mean that that semi final yesterday for for both of those clubs is, is is potentially a huge payday, Annan in particular. I mean, Rovers I'm sure could do with the cash as well. But I mean, a, a club the size of Annan, if they were to 
Um, if they were to reach a final with, with, with Rangers, I'd imagine that's that's hundreds of thousands of pounds winging their way. So there was quite a lot was quite a lot at stake. Yeah, I don't want to focus too much on, on Rangers, but Stennis Muir are charging eighteen pound for that game. So that kind of shows what kind of kind of bounty there is involved if you manage to get through to the final and face Rangers. I know. Um, where where is the, I take it the semi final? They're just they're having it at Stenhouse Muir's own ground. They're not moving it anywhere, no. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So so they're they're going to play at their own ground. That's fair enough, I suppose, because I'm sure they they possibly could have moved it to a, a slightly bigger venue and then perhaps cashed in a wee bit more. So fair play to Stenhouse Muir for doing that. And eighteen pound for a ticket. Don't know. Has that been a wee bit cheeky, or are they? Um, or are they actually keeping the cost relatively low? No, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one because they could, they could have hiked the, the prices up to twenty odd quid for that game. And, uh, I still and sold the tickets. Exactly. Still sold the tickets. So I mean, fair enough. I suppose they're keeping it eighteen. But uh, what's what's this a standard price for those leagues? About twelve quid a game, something like that. Oh, see, it's difficult to say because I'm kind of I see the the Rangers prices and that skews it quite a bit. Yeah. But I would yeah. say twelve, fourteen pound. I guess. Right, so I mean, I suppose paying paying an extra fiver on top of that for a for a semi final, I, I don't think that's too. I don't think they're taking the uh, taking the Mickey too much with that one. Yeah, it's eighteen is about standard for Rangers. Yeah, just as walk up to the gate price. Yeah, yeah. But I Wraith Rovers will be chuffed with that, and that's them in a, a final, which is sometime next year. You were saying April, was it? I think it's I think it's Aprilish. I think that's I think that's when they when when they play the final. Um, but I mean, I hope, I hope for Ruth's sake they get a, um, they get a decent support going along and backing them because watching it on the TV yesterday, the ground looked pretty sparse. Um, to be fair, there was maybe, I don't know, maybe a couple of thousand there. I mean, Annan looked as though they'd taken maybe, maybe fifty or sixty supporters, which isn't really great for that sort of level. But I mean, Ruth have got the. The potential there with a decent sized town like like Kirkcaldy, they could take a, a reasonable support to the final. So you kind of hope that the punters get out and get out and back their side a wee bit. It's just not a sexy trophy, is it? It's the not. Ramsden's Cup. We, we, well, I call it the Harry Ramsden's Cup. That's the kind of trophy it is to me. It's, but it's still it's, a cup at the end of the day. I mean, it's, it's still silverware. The season's gone by. I, I mean, I don't think Wraith Rovers fans would get that excited, maybe, about reaching the final of that because it doesn't really get the exposure. Because it's a lower league, um, a lower league trophy. But with the with the prize at stake this year of not just potentially some silverware, but yeah, a, a, a game against, um, yeah, certainly one of the well, probably the biggest side in the lower leagues. I think I, I think if that's not enough to tempt the, some of the Wraith Rovers fans out of retirement, then I'm, I'm not sure what was. And of course, they all have great memories of those years ago in the uh, the League Cup when they when they managed to do their business against Celtic. So, well, we bit of luck. They'll maybe get a. We've got a few thousand to get down to Glasgow for a game. Yeah, of course, Rangers do need to beat Stennis Muir, but based on the, the performance at Ibrox, I think that that's it's not going to be a close thing. Um, again, that's a, that's a, that's a difficult one to call because Rangers have struggled on the road um, in, in the last couple of seasons, but again, I, I mean, I think anything other, than, anything other than progress through that tie uh, for Rangers would be, would be a bit of a disaster, really. But I mean, it would be. Uh, all due respect to Stenhouse Muir, it would be an acute embarrassment if the, the squad of players that McCoy Scott assembled just now couldn't um, couldn't see their way past um, Stenny and into the final. And I've been interested to see what the what the attitude towards the final is from the Rangers support. Do you think there'll be a 
do you think there'll be a level of interest in it, or do you think a lot of guys will be like, oh, you know, not really that bothered? I think there'll be a lot of people know that first if Rangers mm. did make it to the final. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the mentality is still there that we should be challenging for the, the SPL or the, the Premiership trophy. We should be in Europe, that kind of thing. And yep. for me, I would be very chuffed to get there. It's it's part of the, the journey. It's part of the adventure. For me, it's not something that we would have chose uh, go back a couple of years. We wouldn't, definitely wouldn't have chose this, but we're here. We might as well enjoy it. We might as well take advantage of that. But like you're saying, at the end of the day, it's still it's a cup final at the end of the day. There's a bit of silverware to be had. There's a day out at, well, I guess it's at Hamden. I'm assuming, assuming Rangers go through, I would imagine it's at Hamden. Well, Hamden will be shut. I think it's the of end course of it will, uh, of course. Queen's Park have to move out. That does that opens up an interesting possibility then as to where the alternative venue would be because they're, well, the, the obvious choice in terms of capacity is Parkhead. Yep. Yep, I'm not sure yeah. how how they're affected. I've not heard anything about their home games having to move, but obviously they've got the opening ceremony, the yeah. Yeah. Commonwealth Games. But I'm not sure what they need to do for that, whether they can just put a, a, a layer over the top like they do for gigs. Because Hamden's oh, getting a whole new... It's a whole elevated running track. The, the whole thing's getting elevated. It's it's quite impressive what they're up to there. Ah, it's, pro, it's proper building work that's going on at Hamden, but I think, I think Celtic can just be can sort of dressed up to handle the handle the uh, whatever the ceremony ceremony holds. So it does kind of throw up the question as to where the final will be held because I don't I don't know that Parkhead would be the would be the automatic choice because again I mean uh, Rangers are realistically going to take forty thousand people to that final. I would suspect no. probably not. No, I don't so, think so. I think you've got to be looking to Edinburgh and Easter Road would probably be the the next stadium. Yeah. yeah. So I quality, mean, not capacity, but quality. And you think as well, we we could have been that far up the road as well. It would certainly suit both Rovers. I think if it was if it was held somewhere in the capital, and I'm sure you would still get a reasonable a reasonable turnout. But like you say, they've still got to get back past Stenhouse Muir first, so we're all getting a wee yep. bit ahead of ourselves. I mentioned earlier that I didn't know the game was on TV, and Grumpy Old Man has pointed out quite rightly that there is a live thread on the forum every day, and Grumpy is really good. Updating it, and you know what? I still missed it. Imagine so that's that. my knuckles wrapped. Imagine the owner of the football forum missing out the thread on his forum, <laughs> telling him exactly <laughs> what games are on that day, and he's coming on this podcast claiming he didn't know about it. I would suggest you're not on top of that forum, boy. Yeah, I suggest you're letting things slip. See, see if there was somebody else to take my place, I'd be sacked. <laughs> <laughs> Thankless job, though. That's not likely to happen many times, soon, is it? <laughs> Crowling that shower of throbbers. <laughs> a lot a lot of everybody on the forum. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the regulars, I'm talking about everybody else. Right, there was there was other games at the weekend. Great. Mm-hmm. Aye, that, that, no, that's it, that was my roundup. That was it. Just there was other, other games. games at the weekend. I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say what uh, what caught your eye. Right, I wanted to mention Clackner Cudden. Oh beat aye. Rothis eight one. Superb, that's a yeah. proper scoreline. That's a cut, it's a proper, is that a cup? Is that a cup tie? That's it, the Highland, Highland oh, League. Brilliant man, that's a proper scoreline. You don't get those, uh, you don't get those anymore. And the Scottish Cup, I had Stirling Albion and Queen's Park squeezing through the two of them. Almost ah, getting was... knocked out. Laurie almost got his way with Preston there. They, were, they got beat through the Queen's Park. Right. It was an outsider, that was in the, the charity bet. We ended up getting 3-1 for that. Right, off, off the back, his performance in the charity bet. Laurie's needing knocked out 
It's a ridiculous thing to go for. I was reading a wee bit on the on one of the websites about that time. Seemingly the game, uh, the Preston Queens Park game, was held up for fifteen minutes or so for crowd disorder. Would you believe? I there heard was, that there uh, was flares involved. Fl- <laughs> flares and a and a and a pitch invasion, I think, <laughs> and <laughs> places to clear the pitch. So yeah, it's all uh, hey man, it's all happening in the lower leagues. Right, and in the the charity bet, we also went for two pretty safe bets. Uh-huh. Bank- quite cocky. Bankers. Aye, they were bankers. And that was Hamilton away to Morton and Queen of South at home to Cowdenbeath. And uh-huh. the second that we say it's a banker, the second we say it's easy, it's just not going to happen. They both finished one apiece. Aye. No, was, uh, the Hamilton result especially was a, uh, was a surprise one because I think they were going for something like seven wins in the bounce or something. The, the, the record was really, really good. So... That was a definite upset, but I, it, it just seems to be the way the charity bet this season. It's, it's almost as though whatever we pick, you can guarantee that the result will be the exact opposite of that. So Exactly, exactly. Well, we've just we'll got to get out of this rut. As we'll come back to the charity bet at the end, because I like mm-hmm. to see how our Premiership predictions are and really judge based on that whether we go for the Premiership or if we go elsewhere. I've got a couple yep. ideas in the lower leagues. Uh, One definitely jumps out, so I will cover that later on. And we'll move on to the Scotland against Croatia game. Now, Mm -hmm. I know that you're not a long-term Scotland fan, Greg, but I know that you're you're getting into it nowadays. (sighs) I'm sure it was the last game you you used it. You said you were like giddy Uh, (laughs) during the game, almost to that effect. I think think I said on the the, the pod the last time, I I think it was the England game. It was coming off the back of the England game. And it's it's the first game in a long time I remember sitting, watching, and actually enjoying watching the game. And that's that's a really strange thing, because even if I'm watching... Even if I'm watching Motherwell, which is the only other games I've really got any interest in, I, I, I never really enjoy the game unless unless we're thumping hearts or something, four or five nothing. Then I can sit back and relax. But I'm always a wee bit on edge because there's always kind of something at stake, and I don't want to see my team lose. With Scotland, I'm always a wee bit sort of easy woozy with Scotland. I don't. Um, I mean, I love to see them doing well, but if they get beat, I'm certainly not down the dumps about it. So. The England game there was enjoyable because I wasn't really minding too much what the outcome or what the, you know, what the final score was going to be. I was just enjoying the fact that we looked as though for the first time in a while we were actually playing a wee bit of football. We had a, we had a system we were playing and we looked as though we could um, potentially get something out of the game. And I, I just thought, uh, for me certainly over the last oh, countless, I've lost, I've lost count the number of years I've been disenchanted with the, with the Scotland setup. But I mean, it's the first time in a while I can sit back and sit back and remember watching Scotland and thinking this is actually all right. I could, you know, I could, I could contemplate going and paying money to watch this. Whereas, as you know, I've, I've, I'm still. It's 1985 was the last game I was there, so you know, <laughs> I, I'm still waiting to break my duck. But this current, this current setup might just be enough to persuade me to do that. Saying that though, I'm not going tomorrow night, so it's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> I managed to get myself a ticket for tomorrow, and it's a freebie. A what? A, a, you you a free ticket? That doesn't happen often. <laughs> oh, a guy I know he he got a season ticket, right? Right. And then this is the second free ticket I've had off him, so he's not really got the value for money in the season That's ticket. But it's good, worked out well for me. That's not very good. I know. I, 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 I don't know. Tomorrow night's game. I I I think I think you've got to get into um, being relatively optimistic. I okay. The Croatia are a good side and. You know, we're going to have to really pull something out of the bag to get a win. But I think off the back of the recent performances, 
we can actually start getting into this game with a wee bit more optimism. Yeah, I agree. And I think that Croatia are currently sitting in second place in the group, so they can't win the group. Nope. And they also have some suspension worries. They've got, I think, nine players who are a yellow card away from missing the first leg of a playoff. Yes. So they're going to be a wee bit wary going into this. There's no no way they're wanting to, to lose players. So no. there the could be a bit of an upset. McBookie's got Scotland at five to two. I think it could be worth a, a cheeky punt. I think I think that's I think that's worth a pound. I think that's worth a pound to anyone's money on the five to two. And I think it was interesting that I, I read um, Gordon Strachan did an interview on Saturday on Sports Sound. I think it was. And I didn't I didn't catch the interview, but I read a a transcript of it. Um, on one of the websites earlier on today, and uh, and again listening to a Scotland manager, it's, it's the first time in a wee while you're actually listening to them and thinking, I do you know what that makes sense? What he's saying makes sense. It's not just somebody like Craig Levine who's sort of uh, putting up the barricades and, and batting questions away and batting, you know, criticism away from his side. This was a Scotland manager that seemed to be sitting there talking sense, and the point he was making Saturday was. You know, our away form recently has been has been reasonably good, and he's putting that down to the fact that we've now got a couple of systems we can play, and not just the fact we've got systems we can play, but these are systems that suit the players that we have available, and I think that's that's a big part of what we've been missing. We've just seem to have been chucking guys into the side, and coming up with all sorts of formations and mixing things around, and never really getting a proper system. And according to Strachan now, certainly on the road, we've got a couple of ways we can play where it's maybe making the most of the players we've got. The point he was making Saturday is we now need to start doing the same sort of thing for our home games because our record at home is just it's just not good enough. If you want to qualify for a tournament, you've got to be doing well at home. And we've, we've just not been doing that recently. Yep, yep. I, I think that qualifying for a tournament's maybe a stretch too far at the moment, but I think that we should at the very least be aiming to finish above our pot. Definitely. Like I Definitely. think we should be trying to rebuild that way because I think trying to make that jump to to finish top in the group that's just too hard nowadays, Aye. especially with the way the the seeding and the pots work. I think we should be trying to do this slowly and just trying yeah. to move up. I'm sure in this one we were in the fourth pot, so there's still a chance that we finish uh, where think... our pot was if Wales get beat and if we we draw. We should. I was finish. looking at the. Um... I was looking at the table earlier, and I think I think we can finish on is it eleven points? We can, yeah, but there's and unfortunately a nine goal difference between us and Serbia. So we would always 11. be sort of best, you know, best place kind of uh, maybe 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 fourth. But even if we got eleven points, considering the start that we made to that group, I mean that's I mean that's not a bad result. Okay, that's it's maybe a bit of a stretch asking us to beat Croatia tomorrow night. But I think that's where we need to start to be kind of, kind of looking. And like you're saying, instead of sort of aiming for the top and, and always being disappointed, we just need to keep going down this road of sort of slow and steady progress because has, there has been progress over the last week well. So it's a case of keeping that going tomorrow and then trying to keep the momentum up into uh, whatever friendly games we've got lined up for the, um, for the sort of period between the next qualifiers. So... Um, I mean, he's making all the right noises, tracking. And to be fair, he's been getting the results just now, so it's, it's kind of going quite well for him. And it'll be oh. interesting to see whether that, you know, that that's a good, that's a good well that he's enjoying just now continues, or whether you know a couple of couple of open results and that might turn around a wee. But I don't think so because he, he certainly seems to be going in the right direction. Yeah, he's a he's a good manager, and 
And one thing I was discussing this earlier today, that I think back a few years ago when he was at Celtic, it's, it's more than a few years ago, isn't it? But anyway, when he used to do the, the zonal marking at corners, and people, yep. myself included, used to look on and go, what are you doing? That's just not how it works. You've got to mark a man. Nobody knows how mm-hmm. to do zonal marking. And then look at football now. Yep. When yep. Uh, there's teams all over the place doing it. Yep. It's just it's a massive switch. And he was one of the first. He, well, he wasn't the first, but he was one of the first to come out and be bold enough to say, look, I think the box is getting a bit too congested. It's getting a bit too difficult to, to mark. So what we'll do is we'll change to zonal marking. Mm-hmm. So the guy's a visionary, I'll say. Yeah, no, I, I, no, but I, it's, it's a fair point. Cause I think I think you have to have somebody in that job that's prepared to to try new things and and to try different approaches. And I mean, he's, he's just he just talks a lot of common sense. Part of that interview on uh, Saturday's where they were sort of saying to me, you know, how do we how do we address this uh, lack of quality we've got coming through? And homegrown Scottish players, and you know, instead of him getting out, I mean, he could have got out and started blaming, you know, foreign imports this and, and all the rest. He just came around and said, you know, it's just it's just about working harder. Young players these days need to work hard. Instead of going and training for half a day and then going away playing golf or snooking or whatever else, they should be in the afternoon. Should be in the afternoon, maybe not training, maybe not you know stressing themselves out in terms of fitness, but they should be in there with a ball in the afternoon playing football and working with a ball. Improving their skills, isn't it? It's only until somebody says it that it become it comes so obvious. Of course, that's the best way to improve. Of course, that's the best way to improve the quality of the players we've got. It's by simply playing more football, practicing more, and training more. But yeah. I mean, this is now the first time I've heard any any manager, let alone the international manager, club managers, coming out and saying that and saying, do you know what? They just need to work harder. They were a football player. Well, do you know what? Instead of half days, you're in all day. So. I think it's embarrassing that they're going in and doing half a day and I'm sure that a lot of them will, will argue that they, their body can't take it. Well, if that's the case, right, give half a day to physical, the second half of the day they could be watching DVDs, yep. they could be talking through moves, different tactics yep. with the manager, different set pieces. There's so much you can learn from watching TV, from watching quality players and focusing on a 90-minute game and focusing on somebody who's the best at what they do. A top-class defender, if you're a central defender, watch what company does. Mm -hmm. Just take notes, watch the subtleties during the 90 minutes. I don't know if Sky Sports still do the player cam where you can see the player for the They used to do that, didn't you? Track a player for the entire match. But that kind of thing, you can learn so much. And and it's got to be better than them going home. And oh, right. whatever they've got Nando's or whatever they do. Exactly. Sit, sitting in Nando's or, or tweeting about the latest handbag they've bought their, their girlfriend or whatever else. It's just, uh, I, I don't think it, I think given again, given where we are in international football just now and um, the fact that we are failing to do all these things, I, I, I think I think I agree with you. I think it's just a bit embarrassing we've got these guys sitting there spending half their, half their week farting about in cinemas. It's just, uh, it's not good enough. And City Bonus, I don't understand it as well. City Bonus, if, if I had the ability to even approach beginning to earn, earn some money doing that job, would you not just be what to be in there every week doing that all day, every day? I'd, I'd, I would much rather be kicking, a, I'd much rather kick a ball in a park than go and sit in the house and watch some box set. But, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I want to do with my time. I pay for the privilege of playing correct. football at the moment. And today I was meant to be playing football with you at lunchtime, and it got cancelled. Got cancelled. I heard the I heard the guy that was organising it just couldn't get his 
you know what together and get enough players and that's just I don't know that's just another sad indictment of the Scottish game I'm afraid and we're looking at the international game in chaos forget that it's a lunchtime five aside games that are in chaos just now I know just kind of get the numbers kind of get the staff no good enough <laughs> more interested in working they're more interested in working than they are skiving off for two hours at lunchtime it's ridiculous Aye. what's happened to this country I'm going to stick my neck out and I'm going to go for a starting 11. I've never mentioned on the podcast that there's a really good website, starting11.co.uk. I heard that rumour. It's written by a guy who clearly knows his stuff. He is very talented, I think. (laughs) And what you can do is you can type in players' names and build up an image of a formation. Telling you it's good. It's so so simple yet so effective. Yep, right. I'm going to go for McGregor and goals. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Then the defence, Mulgrew left back, Hanley, Martin and Hutton. I'm picking okay. Hutton because I really, really, fingers crossed, want him to return to the player he used to be. I think he's still got it in him. But he's he's the only dodgy one there out of the squad I've got to choose from. I'm not too happy about my two central defenders, but that's the squad. So I'm, I'm going to have to stick with that. Mulgrew, I don't think there's any complaints there. I don't think anything can be said about that at left back. I think I'd have him, I'd, I've said this before, I'd have him, I'd have him playing centre-half. I much prefer McGrew playing centre-half, or even, as he's done before, pushing him forward a bit into that sort of mm. defensive midfield role. I really I really liked him in that uh, that role the last time he played, and I, th- I, yeah, I think, and it's kind of, depends what Strachan wants to do, but I think there's there's definitely some flexibility in there for McGrew to maybe push forward a wee bit, because I think he offers... He offers a wee bit more sitting in front of that defence. I, mean, I don't, and, and I mean the left back position for me tomorrow night. There's only one man that can step into the left back, and it's oh, let me guess. Yeah, it's it's, it's Motherwell's own Stephen Hammy Hamill. There's if he's if he's not if he's not stripped and ready to start that game tomorrow, then I'm starting a striking out campaign <laughs> at, at 7:46 precisely because. Uh, I haven't good authority that he stands a pretty good chance of. I think he'll feature at some point. Whether he starts, I'm not so sure, but I am. I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll earn his second cap tomorrow night. So I was thinking a four-two-three-one. So Love it. The, the two in the middle. I'm thinking of Brown and Bannon. I was really impressed with Brown when I seen him against Barca. Ignored the red card. I was really yep. impressed with him that yep. he was just a nuisance. He was everywhere. He was pestering everybody. He was running after everything. I thought up until the, the incident, I thought he was doing really well. So I want to see him in there. I want to see him doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. Bannon, a slightly different role. I want him to be spraying passes about, keeping it yeah. simple. But the two of them together, I think, could be a good wee partnership. Yeah, the, the, the Brown thing's a no-brainer. The biggest uh, compliment I can pay him is, you when he's not in the side, be it Celtic or Scotland, you notice the fact that he's not playing. That's that's, that's the biggest compliment you can pay. You can pay any sort of midfield player when they're missing. You definitely notice there's something not quite right about the team. And for a game like this tomorrow night, you need somebody like him who's going to get in their face, going to give him a wee kick and a and a nudge and a and a dunt here and there. And he's at the moment he's he's the best we've got for doing that. Bannon, yeah, I don't know. Bannon's got his qualities, but I'm just I'm not sure whether he's I'm not sure whether he's maybe got the the a dig in the work ethic for playing in that role. But if you give him the ball and get it to his feet and let him distribute it, then he's he's, he's pretty good as well. So yeah, that might be a that might be a reasonable partnership. And then so that was the, the two in midfield. Then I've got the three sitting behind the, the striker and Anya has to be in there. I think he, he's really impressed. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of MacArthur. 
and also to complete the, the three, I'm undecided between Snodgrass and McCormack, but I went for McCormack. I just think Snodgrass, I, I just think he's he's a bit too beefy to be out wide. I think, and I prefer MacArthur in the middle, so I'm going to go for McCormack. I am a... I'm a big fan of McCormack. I would. I, I think it's a it's a crying shame he's not featured more on the national side over the last few seasons. Because when he did sort of come in a couple of years ago, I mean, he was, he was pitching in with goals and he was pitching in with good performances. And the thing I like about McCormack is he's, he's the type of guy that can he, can he can win you the game. He can score and he can create something. And he, and he brings that wee bit of extra flair to the side that I think you know we sometimes miss as a Scotland side because we're at home. If we'd been in the road possibly different because we're at home tomorrow night I'd quite like to see us go out and not go gung-ho but go out and actually you know set ourselves up in an attacking formation and I think you're right I think if you've got McCormack on one side and Anya on the left then that's just I mean there's, there's there's loads of possibilities there for switching play either side so that could be a um, probably quite a fruitful fruitful lineup. and up front I was thinking of having Naismith I thought he'd done a really good job last time. Rewind back a few games and there is no way I would put him up on his own. I didn't think he had him in, had it in him. But now that Miller has retired, I think Naismith could be the man for that job. Aye. Um, aye, I mean, I, I, I can't criticise the job he did uh, last time out because he did it. I mean, he was, he, he was outstanding. I just wonder whether that, was, whether that was him having an outstanding game. Or whether that was him settling into that role on an ongoing basis, uh, and if he does get a start tomorrow, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that that shapes up for him. Because uh, I, again, potentially if he does what he did last time out, then you know it, it could work quite well for us. But I, I just I'm not sure whether he maybe just did a really good game last time. And the other, I mean, the other guy that's, that's floating about in the edges is, is Lee Griffiths, and. You know, I think the games, the away games that we've played, he's never really had the, the sort of proper service to to get the best out of him. And again, I'm not even sure whether he's he's the man you would automatically pick in that sort of formation as being up front in his own. But again, I just I like the fact that he's got the ability uh, to maybe do something a wee bit outrageous and uh, something a wee bit unexpected. So I'd quite like to see him feature at some point. So it might be the case that you know Nesmith starts for a while and then they maybe swap around with, with their ego and let Griffiths go out and never out of a wee run at them, but um, I, I, I like the sound of that, that line up because it is, it's definitely an attacking line up and I think, yeah, I think we have to, as the home team, with, with literally nothing at stake tomorrow night against a creation side, as you were saying might be a wee bit nervy, might be a wee bit edgy might be a wee bit inexperienced, it's a great opportunity to go out and stick a couple of goals away and really get the, the sort of momentum up and the, and the head of steam up so, um, yep, I like the sound of that I so when Naismith, McCormack and you mentioned Griffiths here as well, all of them are, are very interchangeable. They're not just uh, one-trick ponies. They're not yep. just strikers. They can play behind as well. They can play in the wing. Yep, yep, yep. So, no, yeah. it, does, it, definitely gives, it definitely gives a variety of options in there and they can probably tweak the formation as well. I think it's, it's just a shame at the moment that uh, Stephen Fletcher's injured because it, it would be good to get into these games. Yeah, I think with Fletcher up front as a target man and having the likes of Anya. Uh, and in the left, McCormack in the right. I think that would really give us a like a, an imposing threat going forward. Whereas, I mean, uh, Naismith's a, a, a decent player and Griffiths is as well, but none of these guys carry the sort of physical uh, threat that likes of Stephen Fletcher does. I mean, you've got wide men playing there and the ability to get the ball out wide and get it in the box. Then I think it's always it's always uh, advantageous to have somebody who's a who's a sort of recognised uh, 
18 yard box target man, which which Stephen Fletcher kind of is at the moment. But hopefully he'll be back uh, in time for the in time for the friendlies and the and the subsequent qualifiers. Yeah. Right, I just want to move on then, Greg. I just want to move to the predictions. All right. For the the Premiership games coming up this weekend, because following the international, we're back to usual usual service, and that is the first game up, which is Hibs versus Celtic, half twelve kickoff, and it's on BT two. Oh, BT got us our good friend Derek Ray at the helm for this one. Oh, I can't beat Derek when it comes to commentary. He's good at commentary, but he's not so good at sorting out free subscriptions to BT Sports because, despite me a couple of weeks ago making claims in this podcast, I've I've heard nothing. I've heard nothing for BT Sport. I can't even think. Maybe get the wrong address for me, the wrong phone number, maybe. Well, surely they'd be going via your agent. For how you would have thought so, but I've not heard much from agent recently, so he might have gone to ground. <laughs> but hey, uh, come on, do the right thing. The amount of promotion we give you in this podcast. I know, I know. You're right. A wee BT right. Sports subscription here and there, come on. Well, I, I thought sense. I would have been getting something off tenants after all the, the good promotion I give them, and they, they, they were having none of it. Yeah, they just they batted that request away, didn't they? Sharpish. I know, I know. That's, so I'm now resorting to council juice during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I see what my council's got to say about giving me that for free. <laughs> Sponsored by Scottish Water. And you pay for that already, that's not free. You're already dipping your hand in your pocket for that. Uh, Right, Hibs versus Celtic. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you Grumpy Old Man's prediction first. He's uh-huh. went for a 3-0 away victory. Oof, that's, uh, that's bold. Yep, I don't think I'm going to go that far. I think he's taking it too far for that one. I think Celtic will win, but I don't think it's going to be as comfortable as that because international break kind of gets teams yep. back to back to the start. Have you got a uh, European game midweek? Have you got a uh, Ajax midweek? The, the the week after, yeah. Uh-huh, yep. uh-huh. So maybe resting yeah. a couple of people up for that. I think there's going to be definitely one eye on that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to go for 2-1 to Celtic. Uh, I, I, the only kicker in this is Hibs. Hibs, Hibs are still chronic, uh, and they have been for a long time. So had it been somebody else, then I think they might have put up a wee bit more of defence. But uh, I, I'm not convinced Hibs have got it in the tank to, to worry Celtic too much. And again, if push comes to shove, I'm sure Celtic can bring a couple of bodies off the bench. So uh, I'm going to go 3-1. 3-1 away one. 3-1, right. Then we've got Aberdeen against Dundee United. And I'm going to go for a, a home win in this one. And I'm uh, going to go 1-0. A tight 1-0 home win. Mm-hmm. What's uh, Grumpy Old Man going for? Grumpy Old Man is going for one each. Aye, uh, score draws the sensible money here because you've got a couple of sides that on their day are reasonably good, but you've also got a couple of sides that not on their day are, are pretty poor. Um, I uh, maybe just home advantage to edge it. Uh, Aberdeen 2-1. Aberdeen 2-1. We've got Kelly against Ross County and I'm going to go for a draw 1-1 here. I'm going to Paul Bandit. Nothing each. Nothing each. Grumpy's going to go for 2-1 to Kelly. We then got Motherwell against Hearts, which Grumpy's going 2-0 to the home side for that. And I think it's going to have to be a home victory. It depends how much, what the margin's going to be. I'm going to Correct. go 3-1. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a humping. It's a 4-0 win for Motherwell's Sutton hat trick. 
Right, I'm going to write down something in my notes here. Sutton hat trick because if, if there's anybody that's going to be desperate to batter some goals on the Saturday, it's going to be a big man after the way he was surely treated at Tynecastle. So uh, he's, he's he's having a decent season as well. He's looking lively. He's he's sticking the ball away. So I hat trick for a big man. I might have, I might have a, I might have fifty pence in that on the side. Splashing out, aye. Uh-huh. Right. The next game up is St Mirren against St Johnson, and I'm very tempted to go for an away victory here. But I'm I'm a bit wary. St Johnson, they're kind of slipping a little. But I'm still going to go for it. I'm going to go 2-1 St Johnson. Aye, they had the wee bit of stutter a while back there. But by all accounts, the, the last time they played... And who did they thump? They thumped somebody. Was it, was it Inverness? Inverness, yeah. And by all accounts, they absolutely ran amok. Did, uh, did St Johnson so... I mean, St Myrna have picked up a wee bit. They get that good win at Tynecastle... Don't know. I don't know whether it's a flash in the pan though. So, aye, I'm gonna go. I'll go two one, two one St Johnson as well. So you went two one. I did, yeah, I did. Aye. Two, aye, two. It's hard to ignore that four nil, but then it's just everything else. Yeah. Just they, they started really well and then kind of dip. Aye. Right, a uh, grumpy old man. What did he go for? He went for two nil St Johnson. Yeah. Consensus. And then that's us for the Saturday games. And on Sunday on Sky Sports 4, we've got Inverness against Partick Thistle. Oh, mouth-watering one. Who've got that? Sky? Sky. Oh. Well, of course it's Sky. It's going to be part of the Super Sunday. Super Sunday, of course it is. <laughs> hey, I think Inverness are going to win. Butcher's having none of this defeat nonsense. He's going to win 3-0. I don't. Uh, it's it's a big one for Inverness. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't think they'll be left in any doubt as to uh, as to the, uh, the thoughts of Butcher after that last game. So they they, they need to come out and win here. Uh, interesting one for them though, because they need to win. And you know, Partick Thistle. They're they're not the worst side in the league. Partick Thistle, and they've got a couple of decent a couple of decent players going forward. I think they'll be. I don't think they'll be strong enough though. And I think a home advantage might take Inverness through. 2-0. And that's what Grumpy went 2-0. So, yeah. As that's are done for the predictions in the Premiership. And I've been looking at these as we've been going through and trying to work out if I can see anything for the McBookie charity. And Celtic, the three of us have went for an away win. But mm-hmm. I want to keep that in the back burner. We've went, all went for Motherwell to beat Hearts. <sighs> We've all went for St. Johnson to beat St. Murren, but I, I want to discount that because we both went 2-1. Yeah, that's, so that I don't could, think we're confident be, enough. That could be tight. And the, the Motherwell win as well. I mean, it's, there's, there's everything, everything points at Motherwell winning that in terms of forum, in terms of squad, in terms of experience. I just hate backing Motherwell when there's money involved. I'm, I'm happy to... I'm happy to well, how about I give you... On it. How about I give you a suggestion out with... The Premiership. Go and for we'll it. Go right down to the the bottom to League Two, and Easterling mm-hmm. versus Queens Park. Oh, Easterling are they in the league. Top of the table, fifteen points, <sighs> and Queens Park bottom of the table, one point. So you know what? on the face if, of it, that looks an easy. If easy that victory. doesn't, if that doesn't come in, if that bet doesn't come in, then I think we should contact McBookie and just say look. Thanks for the continued support over the years, but we're walking away. We're retiring. <laughs> because if that bet doesn't come in, then there is something 
seriously wrong with the state of those leagues. But do you know what? I'm looking at the odds, and <laughs> East Stirling are just a wee bit less than evens. Yep, a wee bit less than evens. I can't. I, I, I'm stunned at that. You've got Berwick Rangers at home to Clyde, who are about the same sort of odds. I, I, and there's that's, one that's point astounded. of a difference between that's Berwick and Clyde. It's mental. <laughs> So uh, there you go. Uh, well, <clears throat> I'm happy to go with that. Happy to go with you, Sterling. Right, so we've got that. The last time they met at Hamden, it was 3-1 to East Stirling. Mm. Uh, I think if you go back to last season, it was 5-1 to Queen's Park. But we're talking mm. about this season. We don't want to go this, too far back. Queen's Park this season, goal difference minus 15. They're a shadow of the side they were last season, Queen's Park. Uh, Literally a shadow because they've lost half their side. Right. So Easterland versus Queen's Park, that's that's an, that's the easy one. That's the easy one. Another one, this is in League One, is Dunfermline versus East Fife. Dunfermline okay. are third in the league, East Fife are bottom, but I think it's I think it's a, a good shout. Dunfermline I, 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 are one to two, so the odds aren't that good. Yeah. No, it's it's ever, again everything points at a, a home win, but that's that's a derby, isn't it? I said that could be feisty, that could there could be a red card in there, there could be all sorts of nonsense in there, but I mean East Fife are you're getting five to one in East Fife, which is looking you know minus hope, thirteen hopeful at best. Surely Dunfermline are going to have enough in the tank to see them away. So yeah, we could we could go with those two. Dunfermline and East Stirling. Right, so how about we I know we were talking about Motherwell, but see if mm-hmm. we just stick to that double. What does, does that bring us? £27.75. Clear profit or stake returned? That's stake returned. Now then. Might I'm sure we you. could persuade McBookie to give us a £10 included. Could that stake? 27 win. A 27 wins out of interest. If we were to add Celtic on there, what happens? What, you want Celtic or do you want Motherwell? Who's got the best odds? I'm, I'm thinking. Oh, Motherwell Mother- by far. Celtic are 1-3. to three. To beat Hibs and Motherwell are seven to ten. Right, stick the well in. Oh man. What are you doing, Taz? What are you doing, as Greg? Right, that's forty-seven pound. Nah, let's go with a twenty-seven. It's not worth the risk. Right. Ain't worth the risk. We need to start getting points on the board because we we do this every week and we try and chase another result and it doesn't come in. So no, nah, let's. I mean, those those two have picked. Those two have picked a pretty safe, pretty safe bets. Unless of you course. You would hope so. The unbelievable happens, which it has done this season, so wouldn't it really be that unbelievable? But yeah, surely those two are coming in. Right, I'm writing this down very carefully because mm-hmm. last week when we did the, the first scorer bet, Laurie had done his homework and he was rattling off all these stats for the, this guy scored the first goal in a thousand out of a thousand games he's played in. <laughs> so, things like this. So I was writing down names as he was saying it, and I wrote down Keatings of Hamilton. I think it is, mm-hmm. and I, I thought, right, okay, he's the first scorer, but then later on we started discussing it a little bit more, and we ended up deciding on Russell of Queen of South as the first scorer, but then, because I'd written down key things, I ended up telling McBookie the, the wrong name, so I made ah. a bit of a mistake, but I don't know if I should use the term luckily, because charity lost out, but neither scored first. So, so you weren't going to have to dip better. into your own pocket to compensate for your admin errors. Yep, yep. Because you would obviously need to have bunged in a couple of quid if you'd made that sort of mistake. It goes without saying, Greg. First scorer this weekend, what are you thinking? Well, Chris 
mentioned a name on Twitter to me. I'm on mm. Twitter and S Football Forums. Greg, what are you on Twitter under? Just that Greg Barry. But don't Greg. don't follow me and don't communicate with me because I'm not interested. <laughs> you can tweet <laughs> me at S Football Forums. I tweet tweet S Football Forums and 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 give them some uh, feedback in the podcast. I'll maybe give you a bit of banter if I'm drunk. Maybe. See what random things I've got to say. Right, so Chris mentioned David Banjo. <laughs> for our both. <laughs> like, we can't just pick first scorers on the basis of an daft name. That's no, <laughs> there's no science involved in that. <laughs> right, now, I was thinking that since we're going for Dunfermline uh-huh. and we've previously went for Gagan, I think we should go for him yeah. again. Aye, uh, I, I, I think the strategy for this this first scorer is just to is to pick someone, is to pick a striker and just stick with them all season, because surely, surely two or three times at the season they're going to score first. And that might be enough, might be enough to net us another hundred quid. So yep, I'm happy to go with Gagan. Right, so we'll go with Gagan, Dunfermline, and I don't have the odds right now because alone like Bookie are the the top bookie in the country. Mm-hmm. They don't have the odds available right now. It's just not humanly possible for them to get ah, the odds available ah, this early for the first scorer. They've got to wait till the last minute to get you the best price possible. There's no point in them putting up a rubbish price just now. You stick them at bookie and they'll get you a cracking price exactly. round about a Tuesday, Wednesday time when they've done yep. the proper analysis. Yep, so definitely bet with McBookie and I'll tell you who not to bet with is Bet365. I heard they were lifting money at your account. I got a bonus with them. I think I put in £20 and I got a £20 bonus. That sounds pretty good, eh? That's a good deal, a bonus, that sounds good. A bonus, I free money. So the thing is that they wanted me to bet through this money Mm -hmm. up to a value of £120. So they wanted me to bet £120 to get this free £20. And they gave me 90 days to do it, and I didn't realise there was a time limit. So they went into my account, I had £65 in it. So as you can tell, I won. I was was on a winning streak. You were on a roll. They dipped into my account without telling me and took the money out. How can, they, how can they possibly do that? Is it just because it was off a bonus bet? Aye, aye, they just argue it's part of the terms. So I had to bet through £120 and I had £16 left to bet through. So I phoned them up and I said, look, surely it's, this clo- it's that close. Come on, let's let's do a wee deal here. Do so the they said, OK, thing. they gave me back £65 and now I need to pay through, I need to bet through £65. I said, but wait a minute, what? I was £16 away. Oh, no, 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 it's £65 you need to bet through. Ah, that's nonsense. Aye, I'm not happy with bet through Well, you know, there's a lesson to be learned there, and that lesson is to stick with McBookie and forget these other online um, gambling accounts. I only have one online gambling account, and it's with McBookie. And uh, I tell you you what to do. I'm going to to promote McBookie a wee bit more. Under the football section, sometimes they'll have... um, They'll have like football specials or, or best bets, and it's kind of it's like trebles and, and, and fourfolds and all that sort of stuff. For time to time, if I'm sitting bored of a night, a Sunday night, I might stick a couple of those in. You would be surprised at the frequency with which these bets come in. There's a tip right for you there. Get signed up, get a McBookie account because they're telling you, they're, they're pretty much telling you which bets are going to come in, and all you need to do is put your money on them. Unbelievable value. I'm liking the sound of this. I'm like tell you. Of this. And go on, I'll tell you something else. See if you like see you like a dodgy punt in the juniors. McBookie's your man as well. Sponsors the junior leagues, great prices in the junior leagues. And a lot of those games are are, are, are much 
um, much easier to predict than, than the blooming SPFL Championship nonsense this season. So, yep, junior football, get in uh, there, make a couple of quid. So, on one hand, you've got Bet365 taking money out of my account, and on the mm-hmm. other, I've got McBookie, who was tweeting me on Saturday, giving me updates on how Preston were doing for the charity bet. Yep, so that's the difference. Night and day. That's the difference. Yep. Right. So, I think that's us, Greg. I think we've got to the end of the podcast, the first podcast where it's just been me and you. I know. It's, it's kind of strange, isn't it? I don't, I, I'm going to have to go for a lie down after this because I don't usually talk that much. Can I generally leave that to to Chris and you? So I'm, I'm kind of feeling a bit, I'm feeling a bit exhausted now. <laughs> I, might to, I might have to go for a lie down. <laughs> I say lie down, I might need to go in with a couple of hours on Grand Theft Auto 5. A couple of meth labs to brew up. Ah, you can't be up out of GTA. <laughs> for a relaxing couple of hours before I got my cap. But no, that was alright tonight, but like I say, hopefully Chris will be be back after his sabbatical. Yep, because next week you're going to have to do the review oh, no. of the membership. <laughs> kind of hoping he's back like, by the end of this week. Otherwise, I'm going to have to get the pen and paper out and do the do the roundup. So, uh, aye, come on Chris, do the right thing. <laughs> Right, but thanks for coming on, Greg, and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Hi, no doubt. Right, cheers, bye. Cheers, bye.